So you'll notice, as by the way, if you remember all the way back to Proverbs chapter 1, you're going to notice in Proverbs chapter 9 there are many similarities. Uh, this is because as we look at the introduction of the book of Proverbs, chapter 1 and chapter 9 are kind of like the bookends of the introduction. We started by talking about wisdom as being the fear of the Lord, and now we're going to get back to that here in chapter 9. And we're going to break it down today and look at what happens here in chapter 9 before uh, Solomon and the other writers will get into the rest of the book of Proverbs and tell us all their wise sayings. We first need to understand that there is an invitation being offered to us, an invitation to be wise. So let's first of all talk about a little bit of review. I've already said it. What we've seen so far... Chapters 1 through 8, very simply, boil it down. God has given us the book of Proverbs to teach us wisdom. To teach us wisdom. Uh, And so that is the key word over and over again, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. We should all desire to be wise. Unfortunately, the world, in their definition of wisdom, is to be really smart and to look out for yourself and to be successful in the world's eyes. Wisdom is not that. When we look through the book of Proverbs, we're going to see that again today. We're going to drive back into what we've already looked at through the first eight chapters, and we're going to remind ourselves in chapter 9 that, yes, wisdom is what we should seek, and Solomon is writing to us, God is writing through Solomon to us that we need to have wisdom. If you've been here for even one or two of the sermons of the Proverbs 1 through 9 series, you'll know the next point is, is what we've seen in these eight chapters, and now we'll see again in chapter 9, is that true wisdom is only found in Jesus. Now, the Proverbs are written before Jesus came to the earth, before he gave his life, before he rose again, all of that. But yet, as we see throughout all of Scripture... God's purposes of all, of all time, of all history, is to point us in his word to his Savior, the one who would save the world, who is Jesus. And that's no different here in the book of Proverbs. We'd seen that Jesus is the, where we will find true wisdom. In fact, we've looked at Colossians 2, 3 several times. Colossians 2, verse 3. And this says, in whom, talking about Christ, if you look in the context. So in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's only in Jesus that we can find true wisdom and knowledge. Not in this world, not in ourselves, not in in books, but in Jesus himself and what he tells us and how he speaks to us. And we have a relationship with him and that leads us to wisdom. True wisdom is only found in Jesus. That is going to be pounded clear today as we finish our time together in these nine chapters. Today we're going to look at in chapter 9, we are given two invitations. We are given two invitations that we need to RSVP to. We need to RSVP to one or the other of the invitations. And we're going to look at there's an invitation coming from wisdom and there's an invitation coming from foolishness. And we are going to go to one of the parties, but we need to choose which one. Perhaps you've had a situation in your life where you've double booked yourself. Uh, maybe even triple booked yourself. I've had that happen on occasion. Not too long ago, uh, I had set up a, a golfing outing with one of my friends and also at the same time set up a shopping day with my wife. Um, and uh, yeah, I realized like Tuesday night, wait a minute, this isn't going to work. I've double booked myself. So in that case, I couldn't really do both. It was one or the other. I didn't have a choice to be in two places at once. 
I couldn't, you know, say, hey, let's go shopping in Rochester and then tell my buddy, hey, we're going to golf in Rochester and then, like, run back and forth. You know, oh, hon, i got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Go shoot a couple holes. Come back. That's not going to work, right? So there's a, there's a point here where I am double booked and I have no option. I have to choose one and forsake the other. And, 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 and that sounds harsh, forsake. I don't mean like, hey, I'm not going to do this. Now, you'll know, you, the end of the story of this was I made the wiser choice, okay? I went shopping with my wife. I, I, I live with her. I don't live with my friend. So um, <clears throat> just know that was the decision that was made, um, even though there was a little, bit of, uh, uh, a little bit of angst, not only for me, but also in the whole situation. And now that was something silly, something that really, in the eternal perspective of things, probably doesn't matter that much. However... When the principle is, is there, when there is an op, when there is, when you're double booked, when there's two invitations, you have to choose one and you leave the other behind. Now, in that sense, they're two good things, but one was better. In the sense of what we're going to look at today, that's not the case. Actually, the double booking that can happen is we try to think that we can somehow be wise and also go and listen to the world. Those two things can't happen. We can't have both. We can't accept both invitations. Either we go one way or we go the other way. That has been true through all the first eight chapters of Proverbs. Justin has said it many times. There are two ways to live, two ways to go. It's either wisdom or foolishness. Those are the choices. You don't have a middle ground. You can't be dabbling in both. You need one or the other. So the invitations today are given, and we need to RSVP. And we need to RSVP to wisdom's call, not the call of foolishness and worldliness. So that's where we're going to go. Let's read chapter 9 together. It will not be on the screen. So please, if you have your Bible, you have uh, whatever device you might be reading your Bible on, I really want us to look at the words as we read these today. So Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. And she has set her table. She has set out her young women to call from the highest places in town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and those who repu- and he who repu- reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat in the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. This chapter itself is bookend by the two invitations that we are given. The two invitations in in verses 1 through 6 and then verses 13 through 18. Two simple invitations coming from two different people. One is Lady Wisdom in verses 1 through 6. That, and then the other one is Lady Folly. We've talked about this, that there is a battle here. When we're talking about the book of Proverbs, there is a battle to be faithful to Lady Wisdom, 
to seek her, to marry her, to love her. And again, that metaphor of lady wisdom leading us towards true wisdom that is found in Christ, we need to make sure that we marry that woman and don't listen to lady folly, lady lady foolishness. We called her lady lust, woman wickedness, whatever word you may want to put in here. But there are two different invitations. One is saying, come, I have a feast prepared for you that is going to bring you delight and goodness and give you fulfillment. That is from lady wisdom. And on the other side of things, we have Lady Folly saying, oh, come and come to me because uh, I am full of pleasures and people and you can have whatever you want and do whatever you want. And it's this, again, this call as she's saying things like uh, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. She's saying, come, enjoy the fruits of sin. It's fun. It's pleasant. It feels good. It's good to be like the world. It's good to come and be foolish. It's fun and freeing. That's what woman folly says, while as woman wisdom is reminding us again, she has set a banquet out and said, come and eat with me, dine with me, have fellowship with me, love me. And then she says, you will live if you leave your simple ways and walk in the way of insight. Walk with me, come to my home. That's what Lady Wisdom is saying. And so it's very clear in Proverbs 9, as Solomon is talking to his kids, he's saying, listen, there is two invitations that are being sent out. There are two invitations. There are only two places to go. You will choose one or the other. But it's very clear as we look at chapter 9 which one is the one we should choose. Honestly, it was very clear to me that I needed to choose to go shopping with my wife. But even more clear, even more wonderful, is Lady Wisdom who gives us all of the fulfillment that we could ever ask for. Because remember, Lady Wisdom points us to God and points us to Jesus himself. Whereas Lady Folly points us to the world, to our own desires, to our flesh, to Satan, to the world. That's where we go with her. And and at the end will be death. And we'll look at that in just a little bit. So what we need to understand right now as we've looked through Proverbs 9, there are two ways, again, two ways to live, two invitations being given. Lady Wisdom is saying, come to me. Lady Folly is saying, come to me. And we will choose which one it will be.
do I have to go back? Uh, no, if, if you're on the stream, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, let, let's just say that so far what we've seen is there are two invitations. One to follow Lady Wisdom, one to follow Lady Folly. The wise people who, wa- who walk with Lady Wisdom are those who, are, who will listen and learn to God. Who will listen to God and learn from Him. The scoffer will injure and ignore people and God's word. The scoffer will say, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to do what God wants because I'm going to do what I want. And so they become violently rebellious. And those are the two responses that we have in life. Either we listen and learn to God or we injure and ignore him. Now, that doesn't always mean that we, when we hear the word scoffer, that means that we're going around and we're, we're literally yelling out, we, we hate you, God, we're not going to listen to you, God. But it shows up in how we live. It shows up in what we, what we think about. It shows up in how we choose to, to do things in our life. And that'll show up when we ignore God. We are being a scoffer. We are choosing to go into Lady Folly's home for her party instead of going to Lady Wisdom's feast. That's what we are cho- choosing to do. You know, Jesus, as he comes and he teaches, he also gives us these idea that there are two responses. There are two responses to those who wish to be wise. I might just keep this so I don't take the time to, but thank you anyway. There are two choices, and Jesus says the same. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. Matthew seven twenty four through 27 says this, Everyone who then hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. When the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. We've read these verses before, but this is talking about what is a wise man. Well, a wise man is one who listens to Jesus, sets his foundation on Jesus and what he says. And when he does that, the house will not fall because it's been founded on the rock. But those who put their trust in anything and anyone other than Jesus, who listens to Jesus and doesn't do what he says and turns their back on the the goodness and the instruction of God himself, will be destroyed. Which gets us to our next point, which is the two results. But before we go there, I do want to real quick jump into Proverbs 9 and look at one verse that I want to be very clear about. One verse that I want to look at is verse 12. In verse 12, Proverbs 9 says this. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. What is the point of this verse? Well, this is what I want to say before we even get to the results of the responses. Is It is our responsibility to respond to the invitation. It is only our responsibility. It is not the responsibility of our parents. It's not the responsibility of our children. It's not the responsibility of our friends. It's not the responsibility of our pastor. It's not the responsibility of anyone else other than us. We choose to be wise or we choose to be foolish. It is up to us. It's not, we can't just say, well, I'm, I know I'm walking with God because my family does or because I'm in a, uh, I'm in a good church. We can't even put it into the church. Like the church is important and we need to be here to learn wisdom. But at the end of the day, following Jesus is your, your choice and yours alone. And that's the understanding as we look at this. When we look at wisdom, 
You can't say that other people can make you wise. You make the decision. God gives you everything you need to do, and God will bring you to the place where wisdom is yours, but it's yours to choose. It's nobody else's, and that's the point. just want to make sure that we're clear. When we say there are two responses, only you can make that response. Don't lean into someone else, but make that decision yourself. Next thing is there are two results then to the responses. Two results that happen. First of all, if the wise who listen and learn, they live. That's what Proverbs 9 says. Proverbs 9 verse 6 uh, talks about this as leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Uh, This has been seen throughout the first eight chapters of Proverbs as well. To follow Jesus, to look to wisdom, to know wisdom is to live. Whereas... On the other side of things, if you choose to listen to Lady Folly, you choose to walk the ways of the world, you die. The scoffer dies. The scoffer is destroyed. This is the choice between life and death. And if we're given that choice, if somebody said, would you rather live or would you rather die? All of us would say, I'd rather live. But the point is, we don't live that way. Because so many times we will, we will live for the world, which only brings death. And so there are two results. Either you live or you die. So you either listen and learn and live, or you injure and ignore and you die. Those are the two choices that were given here in Proverbs chapter 9. That is where we're at. There are two invitations and we need to answer the invitation. The wise will live, the scoffer will die. And so we need to trust in wisdom, we need to trust in Jesus to bring us life. And again... In verse 11, we're reminded of the life that we're given. By me, your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. Verse 18, talking about foolishness. But he does not know that the dead are there and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. It's clear. Pursue wisdom. Listen to wisdom. Look to Jesus. Find life. Reject wisdom. Reject Jesus. Live for yourself. And it brings death. Those are the two choices. Now we're going to look at verse 10 specifically. Verse 10, if you'll be reminded in in Proverbs chapter 1, there was a very similar verse to this back in Proverbs chapter 1. This idea of what is wisdom. Wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And Pastor Justin did a great job of talking about that. Today, this verse 10 that we're looking at in chapter 9 is this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So what I want to say is so far we've been looking at two things, two invitations, two responses, two results. But now I want to look at the two elements of wisdom. What are the two pieces, if you put them together, that will bring wisdom and insight? And what are those two pieces that were given here in chapter 9, verse 10? Well, one is the fear of the Lord, and the other is the knowledge of the Holy One. Fear of the Lord and knowledge of the Holy One is what we're told here in verse 10. So what is the fear of the Lord? Now, as I said, Pastor Justin already unpacked this in chapter 1. If you weren't here for that, go back, watch it online, and learn the, all the different ways we can track this throughout Scripture of what the fear of the Lord means. We need to get away from thinking that the fear of the Lord is just, uh, is just simply just being afraid of Him. There's an element of that that, we, that does play into this, but if you remember, Pastor Justin talked about, uh, I think he called it euphobia, the idea of a good fear, that we have a good fear of God. 
But what is a good fear of God? Why do we use the word fear? And although I could, like I said, we could do a whole Bible study on what the fear of God looks like, what the fear of the Lord looks like, and when it shows up, and what it means. But I'm going to boil it down today real easy, real quick, so that we can get to the rest of our sermon. But simply for me, as I look at fear of the Lord, it's being uh, living a life that is anchored in humility. Anchored in humility, because everything else will flow from that. If we're humble before God, if we realize how big God is, how small we are, how significant God is, how relatively insignificant we are to him, if we look at that and we see, God, you are big, you are glorious, you are wonderful, you are scary, you are huge, and I am small, and therefore I have nothing but to just come to you, because you are the one that I need to worship. That is humility. And so therefore, if we fear the Lord, if we're fearing Lord, the Lord, what we're doing is we're saying to God, I'm humble enough to listen to you. I'm going to do what you say because you are better than me. You are bigger than me. You are greater than me and I will trust you because you are who you are and I trust you because you are that big and that great and that wonderful and that powerful. Instead of believing that somehow we can make this life work by ourselves, we need to realize that we have no hope other than through God himself. The fear of the Lord will result in obedience, it will result in a love for God, it will result in all of those things, but it's because we put ourselves before him and we say, Lord, you are so great, I am nothing and I need you desperately. The fear of the Lord brings wisdom because it reminds us that we can only find true wisdom in God, that we can't find it in ourselves and in our own strength. But the other part then, the other element here that's given in, in verse 10, not only the fear of the Lord to be humble before him, but also to know him, to have the knowledge of the Holy One. I want to be careful here. We see knowledge, and often we think about book smarts. That's not really what's being talked about here. This is an intimate knowledge of God. If you want to be wise, you will fear him, and you will have an intimate knowledge of him. You will know him. Like we'll marry Lady Wisdom, we will marry God. We will marry Jesus in the sense that we will have this intimate knowledge. We will know him. He will know us. We will have a relationship with him. If you want to live wise in this life, it's not going to be by studying more or figuring out the do's and don'ts of life. It's going to be by knowing Jesus, by knowing God, by having a relationship with him. John 10, as Jesus kind of refers to this in John chapter 10, verses 14 through 16, in his famous sermon as he's talking about how he is the good shepherd. He says this in John 10, 14 through 16. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also that they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus, as he speaks to his followers, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my my sheep and they know me. To have wisdom is to know God. It's to know Jesus and have him know us. It's to have a relationship with him. And what is the core of that relationship? Well, he says it later. He says, they will listen to my voice. Listening to Jesus, listening to his word. This has been a theme that has come up time and time again throughout the first eight chapters of Proverbs. It's here in Proverbs 9. It's through the whole scripture. Know Jesus, love Jesus by knowing him and his word. Listening to him, trusting him, putting yourself before him. And so again, the two elements of wisdom, if we want to be wise, at the end of all these nine chapters of Proverbs, 
I don't want anyone to walk out of this room thinking, well, I can just be wise if I just follow these, this, these pieces of advice. I can be wise if I just do these things and don't do these things. I can be wise if I just understand more about life. None of those things bring wisdom. What brings wisdom is having a real fear of the, of the Lord, a real humility before God, and a real relationship and knowledge of who God is, what he's done, and how you can have a relationship with him that goes deep, that is intimate. That is what he calls us to as believers. Not just to come to church and say, yes, I believe in you, Jesus. Not just to come, and not just to uh, open our Bible once in a while and read a few words, but to have wisdom. He wants to know us and for us to know him. And so what does that look like? Well, we'll talk about that at the end of our time together today. So what we've seen is there are two invitations. There are two responses. There are two results. Very simple, Lady Wisdom says, follow me, and you will do that by listening and learning, and then you will live. Lady Folly says, come to me, and you will be injured and ignored, or you will injure and ignore others, and God's word, and you will die. The choice seems pretty obvious, and yet I feel like some of us too often run the wrong way, go to the wrong party, RSVP in the wrong way. To RSVP, to Wisdom's Call, we need to fear God, Humble ourselves before him and know him. That's what we're called to. That's what Proverbs 1 through 9 is to draw us towards. So I want to close our time, though. And we'll get to communion in just a few minutes. But I want to close our time to encapsulate everything in chapters 1 through 9 and the whole Bible. Okay? We're going to do this. We're going to encapsulate the whole Bible. Yes, this does not mean we're going to be here for 10 hours. But what it means is... There is one simple thing that we see through Proverbs 1 through 9, one simple thing we see throughout all of Scripture, and that is this. Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom. Now notice I don't say there, Jesus gives us wisdom. I, I want to be very careful not to say that. Jesus doesn't just give us wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom. Why do you think that matters? Well, that matters because as we understand what Jesus has done through us through the gospel, that he has given everything to us, he loves us so completely and wants to know us, and we understand all of that, the Bible says he is our wisdom. We come to Jesus not to get wisdom. We come to Jesus because we want Jesus. I've heard that said in so many different ways, but that is exactly what we're talking about. We come to Jesus to know him, not just to get his blessings. Not just to get, okay, if I come to Jesus, then I'll be a wise person. No, it's more than that. It's coming to Jesus to know wisdom itself. Because Jesus is wisdom. I'm not just saying this. This is in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 1, 18-31. I want you to listen to these words. Listen to what God is saying. And then we'll talk for a few seconds about what that means for us today. 1 Corinthians 1, 18-31. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, 
But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring nothing to things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, this is let's listen to these words, if you haven't listened to anything else, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us Wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. I want to read those last couple of verses again. And because of him, you who are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the understanding that scripture gets us to. That Jesus himself is our wisdom. He is our righteousness. He is our sanctification. He is our redemption. Everything that we do, the the understanding of the gospel is that Jesus came to this world as a, as a, as God himself came to this world, took on the form of a man so that he could live in this flesh, so that he would live a life and show that he could obey God perfectly, which he did. He then dies because of the flesh that he took. He died on the cross to die for our forgiveness for sins, for our redemption, so that we could be redeemed. We could be bought because we've all sinned. We've all walked away from God. We've all gone our own ways. We've all listened to Lady Folly. We've all done those things. And so we deserve to die. We've already talked about that. The one who scoffs dies. The one who doesn't listen to God, who listens to to Lady Folly, will die. But Jesus took the death that we deserved on himself. He died on the cross when we deserve to die that death, to, to have an eternal separation from God. But he, he bought the pardon. He redeemed us. He said, I'm going to pay the price so that you don't have to if you will follow me, if you will trust me, if you will listen to me. And now Jesus has done that. And Jesus rose again to show that sin and death and it cannot be the ultimate victor. Lady Folly may bring the, may bring death, but death is not the end. Death will be defeated by Jesus himself. And Jesus showed that by rising again. Three days later, he resurrected to give us new life and new hope and to give us true wisdom, which is himself. That is the gospel that we've been given. That is the gospel that we understand, the good news that he brings. That although we've we've RSVP'd to the wrong party so many times, he will forgive us and bring us to himself. But again, we don't come to Jesus just get forgiveness. We don't come to Jesus to get wisdom. We don't come to Jesus to to get righteousness. We come to Jesus to know Jesus. That's what I want us to understand as we look through Proverbs chapter 1 through 9. Yes, wisdom comes as we listen to God's word. As we put ourselves in a place where we trust in Jesus, then wisdom will come. We will live in ways that are honoring to God. But more than anything else, if we give ourselves to Jesus, if we just say, Jesus... I want you to be my wisdom. Then everything else will fall into place. See, I think so many times you think, if I can just do all the right things, then God will be happy with me. If I can just do what he asks, 
be wise, make the right decisions, go to church every week, read my Bible every day, uh, pray with people, uh, be a nice person. If I do all these things, then God will continue to be happy with me, and I will have a relationship with him, and I will be. And if I can be wise, God will accept me. But that's not how this works. Jesus, through his death, through his resurrection, he is calling out to us and says, you come to me, come to me. That's all, that's all he asks, come to him and receive wisdom. If you want to live a wise life, if you want to live a life that matters, it's not going to come through even figuring out what all the things you should do and all the things you shouldn't do. It comes through knowing Jesus. By truly knowing the gospel, not just reciting it because we're here at church and that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, Jesus died, he rose again, he's coming back one day. No, to really truly understand that Jesus gave everything for us. Gave up everything, became our substitute, took on our death so that all the foolish decisions that we've made, all the sinful decisions we've made, all the, the sin that actually is right down inside of our heart can be paid for by Jesus himself. And he says, come to me and have a relationship with me. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. It says this, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lonely in heart, lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. We don't need to check all the boxes. We just need to come to Jesus. Just come to Jesus. Know the gospel. Remember the gospel. And come to Jesus and know him. So in just a minute, we're going to do communion. And part of the reason that we do communion here is to remember the death of Jesus, to remember what he's done for us, to remember how he sacrificed himself for us. Today, I want to use this time to do that, yes. But I also want us to take this time to really and truly consider whether we have a true relationship with Jesus. To be wise is to know Jesus. Could have saved a whole lot of time and a whole lot of weeks if we would have just stood up and said, okay, Proverbs 1 through 9, be wise, know Jesus. But it's true. Wisdom comes only through Jesus, comes only through God's grace and mercy that we receive, not because we deserve it, but because he came to us. Jesus came to us so that we could come to him. That is the truth that we can rely on. So what we're going to do, we're going to take communion in just a minute. Um, but before we do that... Um, I just want us to take this time uh, where this is going to be different than we ever do communion before. I didn't get permission from the elders, so maybe I'll be fired tomorrow. But we're going to do communion a little bit different than we've ever done before. Um, I, I just really want us to take time right now to consider what we've seen in God's word, to think about Jesus, to look into our hearts, to look into our lives and see if there's anything that is keeping us from this relationship that Jesus has called us to. I want you to use this time to come to Jesus. So I'm just going to give you some time. It's going to be quiet. We're not going to need, you know, mood music or anything like that. I just, I, just take some time to pray to Jesus, to thank him for what he's done, to truly embrace the gospel and to remember the gospel so that it will inspire us to live in a way that is wise, not because, uh, not because it's, it's in our power, but it's because if we follow Jesus, then all other things will fall into place. So maybe today there's some things that you might need to get right with other people in this, in, in this congregation. Maybe you need to get right with somebody because you know you have a wrong relationship with somebody and that's keeping you from a good relationship with Jesus. Or maybe simply you're, you need to sit there and just 
reflect and think about, Jesus, I know what you've done, and I trust in what you've done, and I believe in what you've done. Would you help me to really believe that? Would you help me to really live that out? God, you are so good. And just to pray to him and praise him. Or maybe somebody here is struggling with a real sin that needs to be dealt with. Now is your time to deal with that. And not because we have the power to change ourselves, but because Jesus says, come to me. So today, we're going to take communion. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to take, there's going to be, I'm not going to tell you how much time, because I don't want people watching the clock. We're going to take some time. I just want everyone to really take some time to consider your relationship with Jesus. Where are you at? Do you really love the gospel? Do you really know the gospel? Or has it just become a routine for you? Every week we do communion. I like to say, don't treat this as a routine. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of us can treat the whole Christian experience as a routine. This is just what I do. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do this and not do that. That is not what wisdom is. Wisdom is to know Jesus. So today I want us to take this opportunity to know Jesus, to talk to him, to embrace him. And after some some time of silence, which will be longer than some of you are going to like, shorter than others, I'm sure, we're going to just come together and we're going to take these things together. We're going to take the juice, take the bread, and remember the death of Jesus. That's what we're going to do. So I'm just going to give you guys a few minutes now. Take time to pray. If if you need to get right with somebody, do that. If you need to get right with Jesus, do it now. Know him. He says, come to me. Those who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Learn from me. That's what he says. So let's take that time right now to do that.